It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Greg Gutfeld. I'm Martha McCallum. I'm Brett Baer, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, April 7th, 2022. I'm Eben Brown. Dead men, women, and children with hands tied and left in mass graves. Russia says it's fake. Ukraine tells the world, see for yourself. Small children with hands tied behind their back being uh, uncovered in a mass grave. I mean, who does that to children? Are children really uh, an enemy of the second largest army in the world? This is the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You've been hearing of a small Ukrainian town called Bucha. You've likely never heard of it before last week. Like many suburbs, it had existed in uninteresting anonymity. A number of these towns ring around Kiev. And they're now the sites of potential war crimes. What a ghastly difference six weeks can bring. These towns were suburbia, Kiev suburbia. It's where you you went to, to start your family when you're, I don't know, 35 plus, where you put your savings into apartments or where you start to build a small, a small house. Lesia Vasilenko is a member of Ukraine's parliament. Those idyllic suburbs are now the scenes of ghoulish work, allegedly by Russian soldiers. She speaks to us about those scenes, about what she wants the world to know, and about life as a mother inside a nation under attack. Uh, where you have kids, where you live, uh, and and it's comfortable to to. Uh... To, because you can work in Kiev, the commute is very, um, very quick, um, despite the, the Kiev traffic, but that's a bit everywhere. So really, there was nothing special about those towns, apart from the fact that they were close to Kiev, uh, a bit out of town. Uh, so better environment uh, for kids to grow up and somewhere that uh, Kievites would, would go to um, in the summer when uh, it gets too hot in Kiev. So uh, th- this was that three months ago, uh, just three days ago, when the first images started appearing of uh, what the Russians have left after uh, after they retreated from Kiev and the surroundings. Uh, that is just horrifying. And actually, I can't put my head around it still. I can't find the words for it. And... Um, I mean, just to call it crimes, war crimes or crimes against humanity wouldn't do justice to all the people who uh, have suffered, to all the families that have lost um, loved ones, that have lost friends, that, that, that have lost uh, basically everything that they, they worked for for the whole life. It wouldn't do justice, like no words would do justice for that. Uh, I don't understand still why, why anyone would do that and how uh, any human being would actually have the imagination to commit such horrendous crimes. Uh, the images that, that that are appearing and that you can never erase from your mind once you saw them of small children with hands tied behind their back being uh, uncovered in a mass grave. 
I mean, who does that to children? Are children really uh, an enemy of the second largest army in the world? What could have they done to armed men? Um, nothing. And I mean, why, why go to such extensive violence against against the, the most vulnerable of the vulnerable? Um, today, there's a statement from the mayor of Bucha, which came out, which says that 90% of the people who were killed in, in, in Bucha uh, were killed by gunshot wounds, not by shrapnel of a random missile, which just, which just hit a house and then by accident uh, hit somebody who was uh, close by to that house, but by bullets which were fired deliberately by Russian military into the bodies of Ukrainian civilians, of unarmed men and women. To be killed that way, as you mentioned, it's not indiscriminate. It's very, very targeted. I mean, within a few feet, obviously. There's no secret about this. I mean, the, the world is, is seeing the same pictures and, and videos that you have been seeing. Uh, the, the Russian government is saying that it is all phony. It is fake, that it is a, it's being staged by the Ukrainians and their American allies. Uh, when you hear those accusations, what goes through your mind? I mean, it's a crime in itself. It's absolutely disrespectful to the families who have lost. It's disrespectful to the dead. It's uh, it's just offensive to, to be hearing that. It's, uh, you know, it's just disrespectful to life itself. But I mean, it's the Russians who are saying that. And for a long time now, we know that they are masters of lies, masters of propaganda, and that uh, they have zero value for anything that is humane or human on this earth. As an elected official, uh, you're, you're obviously well in tune to uh, the world's response to Ukraine's uh, um, uh, sad predicament. Uh, I can only imagine from your perspective that it just hasn't been enough. What if you had a, a wish list of three to five things that you could get from the rest of the world right now? What what do you think those would be? Uh, we need weapons, a lot of them, sophisticated weapons that allow us to go on the offensive because Russia is shooting from more or less everywhere they can shoot from, from Ukrainian territory, Belarusian territory, Russian territory. So we need those weapons in and we need a lot of them and we need to keep them coming uh, as we use them. Uh, the uh, utmost wish would, of course, be to have a peacekeeping uh, regiment or uh, peacekeeping troops in the territory of Ukraine um, because the international community has a duty by the UN statute to stop acts of aggression when they are committed by one member of the UN uh, towards another or against another member of the UN. And that's exactly what is happening. Russia is committing aggression against Ukraine. And uh, there's no excuse whatsoever for the rest of the members of the UN not to act. Zero excuse. It's not about NATO anymore. It's about the core the core organization, which was created after World War II, uh, was the only uh, goal and was the aim to stop any further wars and to make sure that the peace and security framework is maintained. And um, the peace and security framework is breached by acts of aggression as it is happening now. And instead of acting, the international community is standing on the sidelines and watching by. So uh, again, uh, a call to action for, for everyone to be invo involved in Ukraine. If they don't want to be involved in the whole of Ukraine, 
there are ways around it. I mean, uh, I don't think that the international community is too keen on having a food crisis uh, blow up in their faces as as early as uh, second half of 2022. And that will be happening if the Ukrainian farmers uh, cannot sow the fields uh, or uh, collect the harvest. Uh, so again, peacekeeping missions and protection missions could be on the ground to protect the fields and to protect the crops. Uh, which are being planted in Ukraine. Ukraine is called the breadbasket of Europe uh, for a reason. And today it's not just the breadbasket of Europe, but also the breadbasket of North Africa and the Middle East. Um, Then uh, there's also uh, the sanctions, which must be going on, because apart from from the military uh, aid and the army, which is able to save Ukraine, it's the sanctions uh, which essentially are, uh, are in itself a weapon to weaken Russia from the inside. Uh, a strong Russia means uh, a Russia that can feed its army and uh, pay its army to do more and to kill more Ukrainians. We want that stopped. Uh, how can we do it? By weakening Russia's economy. Oil and gas embargo, but a full embargo, not, not like the one we are seeing today that, oh, maybe we will stop using Russian oil and gas in the future somewhere and... Um, you know, today for me, it's very strange when everybody is so happy about uh, these sanctions being applied to uh, Russian uh, ships and, uh, or ships going under the Russian flag. Uh, that's nonsense because there's the exemption of uh, these ships uh, being uh, admitted into ports if they are ca- carrying energy resources. So again, the embargo is just not there and it's just not happening. And all the while Russia is making uh, from 500 million euros to a uh, billion euros a day from oil and gas sales. We've been speaking with Lesia Vasilenko. She's a member of Ukraine's parliament. She is still in the country. She She's from Kiev, and she is the mother of small children. We'll hear more from her on the Fox News Rundown, War on Ukraine, straight ahead. You bring up these these sanctions, and you actually got into my next question for you. So um, these uh, these sanctions, and if anyone is, is following your Twitter feed, uh, they would they would see your your thoughts on this, and I encourage them to do that. Uh, but a, a lot of these sanctions on Russian fuel exports, there there are loopholes around them. What more would you want to to see happen? What what are the what are the key three things that could actually make these sanctions have more teeth? Well, uh, just go all the way with the sanctions. Uh, there's no point in just because what's happening now. It's sort of like. Uh, uh, advertisement campaign as to oh look uh, we can introduce sanctions but we're sort of like introducing them uh, in half measures uh, so in in my opinion if you're saying no to Russian oil and gas and you're saying no to Russian oil and gas you, you stop you stop buying it completely full stop the same goes with the SWIFT you can't be switching off like a dozen Russian banks when there are hundreds of Russian banks still connected to the SWIFT uh, any uh, law student will tell you how to go around these sanctions in like five minutes. Um, 
The same goes with with the sanctions being applied to the Russian um, uh, to the Russian political establishment. It's not enough to apply sanctions just against state enterprises. They need to be applied against personalities, uh, against their, uh, the, they, they need to be applicable to the family members, to the affiliated persons, to anyone who can actually benefit from uh, Russia and who is. Uh, to anyone who's anyone in the Russian political establishment who's responsible for the decision-making that is now uh, wrecking havoc and complete hell in Ukraine. So tell me, what is what is it like each day when you wake up right now? I mean, the, you, again, you'd have to think 12 weeks ago, you, you got up, you had breakfast, you went to work, you, you dealt with your children. Uh, I, I would say that it's it, it must not be so easy uh, now each morning when you wake up. Tell us what that's like. No, now it's uh, every morning is different. So we learned in these, what, 43 days now of war to live day by day, actually hour by hour even. Uh, so it just depends what's going on around you. That's that's how you you, you don't plan for the next day. Uh, you, you sort of learn to live by even when uh, we're, uh, I'm doing, uh, you know, uh, some media appearances. I always warn that, look, I'm saying yes for now, but then it can all change very quickly. Uh, it's impossible to describe. Like one day can be uh, just focused on, uh, I don't know, going out into town uh, doing uh, some errands uh, but errands these days is uh, helping some people evacuate bringing food to other people uh, you know checking in on uh, on some humanitarian um, storages and then uh, another day could be uh, sitting in parliament and that's a whole other story because you have to prepare for that and you actually have to plan accordingly and the, even the way to to certain uh, governmental structures will take you much much longer than it would normally do and uh, it, it just takes a lot of hours out of your day what about as a mother what do you tell your children well, uh, actually, now as we speak, I'm very lucky because I'm with them. But uh, actually, I, I see very little of them through these 40 days. Um, if I get to talk to them, it's very briefly on the phone rather than just having normal conversations. I think that what I hate Putin the most for is for actually uh, stealing the childhood from my children and from all the children in Ukraine and from taking this precious time away. Lesia Vasilenko, Member of Parliament in Ukraine. Thank you so much for having this time to spend with us here on the Fox News Rundown, War on Ukraine. Thank you. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.